Welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki, and welcome from wherever you are in the world joining to listen to this uh, talk today. I'd like to pay tribute to Anchor. That's my major sponsor for the Generate 22 conference that's going to be held on the 30th and the 31st of March at the Box Hill TAFE Lilydale campus. Anchor is an advanced manufacturing company of CNC grinding machines, automation, motion control solutions, and sheet metal fabrication. Anchor welcomes people who don't want to stand still in their career, people who grab new opportunities with both hands and are always looking to explore new possibilities. A huge honor and privilege for me today to introduce you to Pat Barland, who is one of the two Pats that uh, started Anchor nearly 50 years ago. Pat, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Okay, pleasant to be here. It's a lovely summer's day here in Melbourne. It is indeed. So Anchor was founded nearly 50 years ago with the two Pats, yourself and Pat McCluskey. Tell us how this all started and how did you choose the name Anchor? Well, really it was as much as anything a hobby for, for starters. Pat and I were both uh, working in different roles at the uh, ammunition factory in Footscray, which is a sort of a uh, munitions factory, government-owned. We got involved in a, a project for uh, making components for civilian aircraft, the Boeing 727, actually. Well, I came from an engineering background. Pat came from a trade background. Uh, we covered a, quite a range of skills between the two of us. We purchased a, a mini-computer, really as I said, as a, as a hobby. We started to get uh, small contracts. So we registered a company which we called Australian NC Automation. Uh, subsequently, we found that in a bit of a mouthful and shortened it just to the initials anchor. And uh, that's, we, uh, uh, 74, I think 1974, so it's coming up to 50 years ago now that we uh, registered the company, first registered the company and, uh, started the journey of Anchor. And when you did this as two budding startup entrepreneurs, did you have any idea about the success story that your company would be? None whatsoever. And yeah. You... Go ahead. No, I was about to say, do you ascribe anything particular that you've done except for just sheer hard work and I expect grit at some times? Yeah, well, as I, as I said, I, I think uh, Pat and I, between us sort of... Uh, had a very complementary set of skills where uh, I was an uh, engineer. I had a master's degree from Melbourne University and uh, Pat was a very good tradesman and uh, we covered this from the theoretical side to the practical side and, uh, yeah, that, that was the skill set we, we sort of worked on from the sort of academic through to the uh, trade-level skills. It's a very good combination. So tell us, what does Anchor do and how does it contribute to the Australian manufacturing and technology sector? Well, through the years, Anchor has uh, grown to be a, really a multinational company. Uh, we're Australian-owned and managed and sort of proudly Australian, but really fundamentally we're a, a multinational company. We've got uh, our customers all over the world. Our manufacturing is really all over the world. What we've brought to... Uh, Australia, I think, is uh, we've really 
help the reputation of Australian manufacturing sort of in our niche of metal cutting industry. You know, Anchor is a, a global leader. Anchor Machine Tools is a global leader in the field of manufacturing machines for manufacturing cutting tools. We do have three other divisions, which are uh, Anchor Motion, which provides uh, CNC equipment. That its market is mainly Asia, but uh, we do have significant uh, Australian customers. Anchor Sheet Metal, which is a relatively simple company manufacturing sheet metal. And Anchor Engineering Systems, which is a new startup which is using the skills of the other divisions. And uh, we've uh, uh, done a, that sort of came from the, uh, arose out of the manufacturer of components for the uh, consortium for manufacturing ventilators uh, two years ago. So what does automation mean for your industry? Virtually all our machines that we sell now are automated. Uh, so... Uh, that, that means you're equipped with some well, fundamentally automatic equipment anyway. You press the button and, uh, and end up with a component. But uh, at a higher level of uh, automation, having um, robots to load and unload uh, components, gradually we're moving to sort of higher levels of automation. So on our machines, uh, we have uh, manufacturing cells where one robot is taking a component, putting it into a fixture, and the, and the bigger robot loading the fixture with multiple components into the machine to be uh, ground. And uh, we're now extending that with what we call the AIMS Anchor Integrated Manufacturing Systems into uh, uh, automating the whole factory. So that's uh, information flow to the individual machines and material flow between the machines. So you have 19 patents across the fields of mechanical engineering, electrical engineering and software and 25 industry awards. What are the drivers for more automation in Anchor's products? The, the drive is really the competitive marketplace and the sort of customer pool. Last, last month I visited uh, Germany and a number of our customers in uh, Germany and uh, one, one customer in particular in Switzerland, and uh, they'd used our equipment for manufacturing of, uh, of taps for cutting threads in holes. And they had a specific set of uh, automation requirements to, in order to be able to manufacture these components in Switzerland in a very expensive area near Zurich, um, in which in, involved uh, having one one man shift and then uh, working for the whole rest of the 24 hours or over the weekend in an unmanned uh, facility. And they were very, very open that without that level of automation, they were out of business. We, we're finding um, there's another big driver for more automation, and that is the shortage of skilled staff. Uh, there is a real shortage of trades, skilled tradespeople worldwide, and uh, automating the machines is increasing their productivity, increasing the output of their labour. So uh, cost and skilled labour, I think, and shortage of skilled labour are the two main drivers for automation. 
So what are some of Anchor's key innovations in automation? Probably uh, in recent years, the, the biggest innovation has been uh, adding uh, in-process measurement, very accurate in-process measurement to the actual grinding process. So uh, our machines uh, are making very accurate components. One of the worries about running with automation is the uh, lack of somebody there to uh, check the quality of the components which are being manufactured. And we've developed the process processes for very, very accurate um, part measurement, which then integrates into the uh, uh, running unmanned. So as part of the Gray Innovation Lab Consortium, Anchor has played a huge role in the production of ventilators during COVID. Can you tell us a little bit about this? It's an amazing story, really. I suppose one of the drivers was that at the start of the COVID outbreak, we saw a, a sort of a fairly dramatic reduction in business all around the world as uh, everybody was wondering what was going to happen. And uh, so uh, we, we had uh, actual people on our shop floor that uh, with, um, let's say, uh, little to do, and uh, we were approached by Gray in terms of uh, uh, joining a consortium to manufacture ventilators, which were at the time uh, an urgent uh, requirement. And we responded to that and sort of came at a feel like fortunate time for us where we had labour and engineering skills that we could apply. But um, yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity effort by Victorian industry to be able to go from standstill to uh, qualified product in, in, in production in, in volume in a matter of months. Very, very complex components, very complex supply chain and, and was all established. Uh, that actually led to the formation of Anchor uh, Engineering Systems because we discovered how Anchor's got quite a sophisticated supply chain we've established for the manufacture of our machines. Having that, uh, as well as the skill set to uh, skilled labour to uh, assemble and test uh, complex electromagnet, electromechanical systems. And uh, part, one of the other consortium's uh, um, members was Bosch Automation Systems. And subsequently, we've done a lot of work for Bosch and other customers in terms of manufacturing. So, for example, the manufacturer of COVID rapid tests. So we've, we've done very large-scale manufacture of the automation equipment for production of rat tests. Congratulations. How's Anchor responded to the trend of increased automation in, in manufacturing? Anchor itself, in, in our uh, uh, machine tool side, there is an element of automation in the manufacture of the components which go into our machines. But the actual building of the machines themselves is a skilled uh, manual task where there's automation is really not so relevant uh, in our yeah, in our component manufacture, like uh, anchor sheet metal systems, you know, there's a even in low cost areas like Thailand to be competitive, you've got to uh, 
be applying high-end of uh, robot welding systems and things like, yeah, minimising manual labour. But in our main mainstream machines, it's really skilled labour is the main uh, and having a apprentice training system and a system for uh, developing the skills of our people is the main drivers. So you have offices in the UK, Germany, China, Thailand, India, Japan, Brazil, and the USA. How do you build a team and a company that keeps focusing on innovation and new technology development? Yeah, that, that's a big, big issue of uh, keeping the team team together because they're sort of very different cultures. You go from Japan to the US to, to Germany to Thailand it's, to India. Um, it's very different cultures in each country. And uh, initially, when Anchor first set our, uh, uh, got it, went into business, that was now 50 years ago, international communications were restricted really to telex machines. And it was a huge uh, innovation to have fax machines. And uh, our first branches, which were established, which were in Europe and the US, by they just lack of any other technology, they had to be standalone companies. Uh, and I think that's one of the strengths that even though they're fully owned and part of the subsidiary, uh, that sort of local management has developed their own sort of culture and uh, way of selling in the market. So uh, you, you go from the US to uh, Europe, it's the same machines, the same te technology. But it, there is a distinct different culture in each place. And I think that idea of uh, being globally local and adapting to the culture of uh, each, each country has been one of our keys to, to success. So do the companies, the offices of all the companies get together occasionally? I'm obviously talking pre-COVID now. Is there something like a team building exercise or is it is it restricted to the company? the company in the country itself to do things like that? No, no, we, we have uh, pre-COVID had an enormous investment in bringing people to Australia or sending our engineers uh, to do different uh, exhibitions and so on. So that trying to uh, in, in invest in our, our people being part of the anchor team is, is, is was and will be an enormous uh, part of doing business. Uh, it, it is really amazing how well business has gone on, considering the sort of complete shutdown of international travel. In, you know, in the short term, there's a sort of a obvious cost saving of travel, but in the longer term, it's not really sustainable. Uh, keeping the communication lines and open really does require some level of face-to-face -face interaction. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, it's, it's the success of your um, offices across the world is probably uh, to a large extent attributed also to a level of trust that you've got in your people and really good uh, interpersonal relationships that have, have already been established. Yes, yeah, that's highly important. Yes. So if you, if you decided... Um, how does it work? Is there someone in a country, say Portugal, decides they want to be an anchor representative? Do they approach you or is it more an initiative from your side to go, okay, we've got a big 
big project, say in Portugal, and we're going to start an office there. How does it work? Well, we have a, a European manager based in in uh, Meinheim near Heidelberg in Germany, mm-hmm. and his responsibility is for developing the European market. And um, in actual fact, Portugal is sort of a market where we're not selling directly. Uh, so we have a, a representative uh, firm in, uh, which is covering Spain and Portugal, and we would refer that while they've if it's somebody wanting to represent us, well, that would be just a direct negotiation. If, it, if it's a customer, the first instance will be through our dealer in who covers Portugal, and they'll sort of speak the language, be able to take the inquiry and feed it to, to uh, a German operation who will uh, do the pre-sales uh, activity, customer demonstration, sample grinding, whatever's required, and then be responsible for that uh, once there's an installation for uh, training, installation training, and ongoing service. Your career spanned 50 years. It's a, it's a lifetime for many. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, Pat? Any, any words of insight or wisdom that you can, uh, can give us here? I think people, uh, people we've employed, are the, uh, are the real drivers of the business. And, you know, so it just makes the world a difference. If you've got a top salesman, you've got a top engineer, you've got a top manufacturing person, the world is, is, is very competitive. And uh, uh, you, you, it's, it's really like the Olympics games every day where you're out competing against the uh, low-cost machines coming from Asia, high-end machines coming from Switzerland and Germany, and uh, it's really up to you to uh, uh, compete in, in every dimension. Uh, so that that I think is the uh, one one uh, lesson. The other other lesson is that uh, neither Pat McCluskey or, or myself were uh, particularly good managers or salesmen, and we've Again, hired good people in to, to uh, cover those weaknesses. But um, uh, in particular in the sales side, we've invested an enormous amount in our sales and distribution network. And uh, that's what I was sort of saying, we're a global company. And I think that's a major advantage we, we have. We recently received a, last month a significant order in South Carolina for 32 high-end machines. And that was uh, a German company, uh, but it was their Italian, uh, one, of, one of their Italian subsidiaries that had opened a new branch in, uh, in uh, South Carolina in the service of the US market. And really it involved negotiations in Germany and Italy and the US. And the, the fact that we were able to have anchor people in Italy, anchor people in the US, anchor people in Germany, gave us an edge really, again, over uh, all but a very few uh, uh, competitors. And that number one people, number two, invest in sales and marketing, I think are the two main 
lessons of our uh, journey. You're the main sponsor for Generate 22, which uh, is a conference on focusing on getting our talent, industry and academia together. Why is this an important initiative for you to get involved in? As I was sort of saying, really, people are important and uh, we anchor as a vertically integrated people uh, company. And so it's very important for us for our input from our uh, apprentice level to the recruitment of young guys just finishing, guys or girls just finishing their PhDs. And that sort of getting our name out so that we can attract the best people is sort of strategically very important to anchor. Well, as the organiser, um, my gratitude and thanks, obviously, to you and your team. Um, we're very much looking forward to it, and you will be doing the closing speech there on the day as well. So for our audience, if you uh, want to meet Pat in person, this is your opportunity. Pat, I'm mindful of your time. Um, any closing thoughts that you would like to leave our listeners with? Uh, no, I think we've covered that. Uh, people, people, people. I couldn't agree with you more. It's all about people. The machines are great, but it's all up to the people. Um, Pat, if uh, any of our listeners would like to contact you, um, is there a, a good email address that I could put forward? Pat.boland.anchor.com. Super. I'll put that in the show notes. Pat, thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, um, wherever you are in the world, I hope you've enjoyed our talk today, and I look forward to connecting with you next week again. Thank you. 